the new Parkway Theater, where good food, diverse entertainment, and community create a place for everyone. For showtimes and special events, check out www.thenewparkway.com. You are listening to High School of where real talk is vernacular. Here's the crazy thing about the Great Challenge. This shows me that the world does, and the universe does have karma, right? And that if you're stupid enough to go to crate, you're, you're gonna get some. You're gonna get some results that equal to match your stupid stupidity. This is not. A, it's not intelligent to do this. Yeah, um, <laughs> it, this is some crackhead shit, bro. The first one I saw, I saw it was some crackhead dude. You know, OG looking like a crackhead was doing it, and there was a couple crackheads who were doing it. They were laughing because they kept falling, but they were paying them to do it. And then it turned yeah. into like a whole thing where it's like all the young people are like, oh, it's clout chasing time now, or oh, let's, let's have some fun with it. And I'm like, it's people of all ages, but it's predominantly a lot of young people doing stupid shit just to injure themselves. I just don't get it. It don't make no sense. Like, you gonna go smoke crack next? You smoke crack, don't you? <laughs> it's like, damn, it's like, why are we out here appropriating crackhead culture? Like, we, I thought this was 2021. Cultural appropriation needs to end. It needs to stop with crate challenge also. Look at me, boy! Don't you smoke crack! Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to the High School 510 Podcast. You can catch us at High School 510 on the Instagram, the YouTube, and the Twitter, and on our Patreon page um sign up uh we are doing a giveaway to all our patrons we have some nice merch coming out so uh y'all keep an eye out for that anybody who signs up before the end of september you will get one of our free high score 510 specialty specialty custom should i say what it is no i don't say what it is I'm worried it might be something that's Bobby Martin you giving away. Yeah, I'm probably giving away. I might be giving away a copy of White Dog also. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, be sure to check us out at patreon.com backslash highscore510 and sign up and just, you know, look at our library of uh, content that is too hot for our regular show and our bonus conversations. Aside from that, we are here with... Uh, this is... Aaron Grayson, also known as AG3, coming at you faster than American plan, Premier League fantasy, and trying to understand the rules and keep asking people the rules. Premier League fantasy soccer. They help with the rules. Don't understand how my goalie could get a shutout and they get six points each, each. And I got another defender whose team got a shutout. He got one point, not understanding the shit. I'm a Southern black woman who stands in the long shadow of the civil rights movement. Southern hip hop helped me navigate the contemporary black South. When I gathered with friends, Southern hip-hop was the soundtrack. When I grieved my father, Southern hip-hop was my comfort. You know what? The, you know what? The word, you know what? I know we give the, the reader flack, but the writer deserves some flack, too, on that. I mean, like, like this is a grandma, and Southern hip-hop is bullshit, man. That's some I, bad writing, dude. I, I don't know That's if it's bad, bad writing, writing as much as it, it's it was... It's not meant to be an audio book. It's bad. That book is bad, man. It sounds bad. But I, you know what? Send me the title of that book. I'll read it. It is an article expose on Fireside Magazine. I'm going to look it up right now. Hey, yeah. What was the name of the article? Fireside Magazine presents The Art of Speculating by Regina <laughs> N. Bradley, edited by Maurice Broadus. Narrated by Kevin Rennie. Oh man! So 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 do I use a T or do I use a D A for the? I don't know. The the art. The art. It's cowboy chatana. Speculating. Oh my god! Actually, I think it is D A. D A. Apostrophe A R T. The art of speculation. I think so. I know the reader's bad, but this is already telling you. That is bad writing. Come on. She wrote, she wrote Negro text. She was world. writing an article for everyone to read in their own minds, uh, you know, it, voice. Yeah, but to, the to, words to hear are... her story. I think, yeah. <laughs> oh, anyway, anyway. I'm reading the article right now. It, 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 it's, it's bad. It's, it's Regina and Bradley, the writer. I mean, it's just, 
good luck with your writing future. I'm not going to hate on that, but we got some work to do. <laughs> and we are here with everybody's favorite captain and also everybody's favorite truck driver, Captain Pete coming at you faster than this leak in front of my house. All right, here's your sound bite. It dawned on me that Southern hip-hop was the blueprint for understanding Black Southerness in the post-civil rights era. Specifically, I found myself doing deeper and deeper dives into the music catalog of OutKast, those two funketeers from Atlanta who offered innovative and dynamic musical redressing to the question of where and how the Black South positions itself in American culture. OutKast... Yeah comprised of members of Antoine Big Boy Patton and Andre 3000 Benjamin. You know, are we going yeah. back to the sound? Are we going back to the uh, sound bite because it's the 25th anniversary of uh, A.T. Aliens? She has a, she's so, an associate so, professor of English and African studies. It sounds like she's, she really loves Outcast because she's founder of something called Outcastic Conversations. <laughs> Uh, man, which is maybe it's one of those things where it, it caught on when she was younger and she just she's been riding it out talking about that well, like you know that's yeah, the thing it seems like it means a lot to her and it's understandable yeah, yeah. uh but it didn't work well as you know there's many yeah. short stories that became movies that became bigger books that made arthur's famous well this is on fireside magazine and it was you know it was one of their 2020 highlights you know they they, they had a they had kevin rainier who's like probably a tech looking dude uh, trying to read an uh, older black woman's. Uh, I mean, I, I, I'm not taking. Story. I'm not trying to take away from his his black face and her black reading, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you know, his in black face reading. Uh, of that. I'm not trying to take away, but I don't want to. I don't want that to take away that she graduated with the BA in English. I, I'm not understanding it. It make well, you know, it's the vernacular. In, also southern, in, in southern English. No, 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 no. She graduated in uh, Albany State University. She also uh, got degree PhD University of Bloomington, Indiana. That's the University of Indiana, and uh, African American literature for a state. She's really well knowledge. She looks, seems very smart. She has a book called "The Rise uh, Chronicling Fakonia, The Rise of the Hip Hop South." I mean, it seems like it really interests her. Well, this is her article. It. She was, I think, it was like an editorial, little edit, like a like. Oh, I got the article piece. right here. It's an opinion. I got the article right here. It's yeah. a story. Yeah, it's, it's a, a story. It's a short story. It's a short story of her experience. It's not. It's not a. It's not a fiction creative story that's supposed to. Oh, so you're down. saying she might not in the story. She might not be a grandma. He might have just spoke like he was an old southern grandma. You know what? After reading a little bit of it, I think you are right about that. He just totally screwed up her. Yeah, right. no, yeah, no. you're right. You're supposed to read it and you put your understanding of what this person she, you, should sound like right. to you, and it'll make sense more. So versus. So than putting it in a tangible form that just does not right. work. I stand corrected, everybody. I was wrong. I'm reading the article. She wrote the article for her point of view. Yeah. Why the hell did who the hell? Exactly. Who? Remember how everyone read Rue from Hunger Games to be whatever they thought? And hella white people thought Rue was not a black girl. Even though, even though every clue in the book. Yeah, but, that, but they, everyone loved Rue because they read it to what, what they can connect with to that character. I don't know how you didn't think and that so, from that part was, that was the South. Every part of everything in the book led to her. I heard, I heard, I heard Rue was out there talking about, I'm a Southern black woman who stands in the long shadow of the civil rights movement. And my name is Jared, a.k.a. DJ Art with two T's for a double dose of that tink tink. The D is silent, so it's just Jart. Outcast's music pushes the limits of Southernness and its proximity to black cultural experience. Rather than considering the South's relationship to the future as oxymoronic, Outcast fuses possibilities of the future together, like grits and eggs, collard greens and fat back, Martin Luther King and the mountain top. Hold on, hold on, Jared. Let me find this part, that, that part of the article, man. Hold on, dude. <laughs> so we are, we, are, <laughs> we are revisiting this because it's the 25th anniversary of AT oh. Aliens, right? Yeah, I just want yeah. to confirm that. Well, that came out. Yeah, I hope that's the reason. I'm reading this, and and not one part of any part that he read is there an exclamation point. <laughs> Colored greens and fat back. <laughs> I'm trying to find the word fat back. So I see everything else in there. What do Southern colored people eat? 
like grits and eggs and fat back. No, there were commas in those words. Commas. Fat back mm-hmm. had a comma after it. Comma, Martin Luther King in the mountaintop. It was a comma. None of those exclamation points. It doesn't read with collard grins and fat back. <laughs> I take back everything I said. You know what, Regina in Bradley, you seem very smart. I like how you went out and got your education. I like how you connect in the South to people. I like how you went. Keep doing your thing. Just talk to whoever did this and got that idiot to read it. He don't know how to use. You heard how I read it. I read it how it's supposed to be read with commas, not estimation points. <laughs> He's reading it like it's some Southern black woman, old Southern black woman, old child. Oh, look like it's about to rain today. You know, they said that Hurricane Irma going to hit New Orleans. You know, we gonna get a little drip of it too. Oh, child, get that, get them clothes in. I told you, get them clothes in. My knees was knocking this morning. I told you, get them clothes in. And hang up their phone. You know it's lightning coming. Exactly. <laughs> well, uh, everyone doing well today? Yeah. Yeah. My sugar, my sugar was high today, but I'm okay. You drink some water, do some exercise, Pedro? Oh, shoot. I can't. Everything snap, crackles, and pops. It's hard for me to get down on the floor to do anything. <laughs> That's not that's not how Pedro lowered his sugar. <laughs> How's he lower his sugar? By making pancakes. I had to get moving. Yeah, it's exercise. You know, whip them up, man. That's a lot of exercise. Whip them up. Whisk them up. I put baby. blueberries in them though. And the fiber is good for diabetics. Blueberry pancakes. That's the code word. Uh, shout out to Hood Slam sponsorship. Uh, blueberry pancakes. That's when you know the police are there. Shout out. In news. In news this week. An aggressive passenger was seen at the Miami airport angry about not being lit, lit on the plane. He was threatening, screaming, knocking things over. Here's a video of the incident. Yeah, so it was at an American Where is the police? Dude, where is the police? It was on American oh, Airlines. That uh, wasn't like a short burst. That was like an outrage or a while. Yeah, apparently this man was a Marine. He was uh, detained later on and taken to a hospital for evaluation. But it leads into a bigger story. Um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we had the people um, on what airline was a Frontier or whatever Taped, duct taped uh, a rowdy. It's been a, it's been a couple airlines since then. That yeah, has duct taped a pe- passenger to the seat for the rest of the flight um, because he assaulted and, and groped a couple of female flight attend- attendants. But apparently uh, the FAA is reporting is that the numbers have gone up uh, uh, immensely with unruly and aggressive passenger behavior. Um, the FAA reported that nationwide in 2019, there were 150 recorded incidents of unruly behavior. In 2021, there have already been 3,800 reported incidents. <laughs> what do you guys think about that? What, what, what could be causing that? The vaccine. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Everybody took that Johnson. No, Johnson. You try to tell me that dude looked like he was vaccinated. <laughs> Coming from Miami. Pile like the white man was a keeper. <laughs> I, you know, I just got that. He said hi like the white man with Keith. And he was the guy that smoked all the weed on the show. <laughs> not, not the movie. <laughs> I like the white man with Keith. Pretty hilarious. Well, yeah, man. And, and, and remember, last year we had talked about how there was a spike and TSA had found three times the normal weight rate of like guns at checkpoints, um, despite tra- uh, the air traffic being so much less. Like nobody was flying in 2020, yet they found triple the amount of, you know what I'm saying, guns. It's, uh, it's going down uh, at the airports recently. So, yeah, what, what do you guys think about that? Uh, well, they had the guns. They were trying to uh, transport the guns, get away with this stuff, so they can defend themselves against the vaccine. <laughs> it, it's, this is coming from being in, you're on seated, you see this in stadiums now, where you got people fighting, and people always fought stadiums. It's not. It's not the normal. You always see Raider fans fighting. No, 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 That's no, no, no. I know. I always saw four. No, no. I, four, Raider fans get a bad rush. Eagle. No, I've always seen forty nine er fans fight. Jared, tell you the old cop, the old candlestick. It mm-hmm. was dangerous. Raider game. I never. I never felt uncomfortable at a Raider game. I felt uncomfortable at Niner games all the time. 
Ravens get a bad rap. They're just act crazy. They act crazy. They yell. They they only fight if you do something beyond to them. They're more nice. I showed up with Duck in a Raider section with Green Bay Packers stuff on. Nothing happened. As long as you don't say nothing, they might say something back about you losing or whatever. But nothing. No, 49er fans were way all worse. Raider, all Raider fans have a cup of beer and a cup of urine. <laughs> it's way better than Niner fans. Well, yeah, Niners fans were stabbing people. They sta- yeah, exactly. Stabbing ago. is worse. Niner fans. Yeah. Well, do they have a jail in their um in their facility? Like the like the Eagle Stadium. No, Eagle fans Eagles. are bad too. So above Eagle fans are the worst. Eagle fans. Yeah, well, are Buffalo. Buffalo because uh, it's the only thing they can do is but, uh, fight. And they get it, but they usually get it all out in the parking lot. And they be fighting them tables. Buffalo, yeah, they get a lot no, of aggression. No. They still, they still do some fights. It's, it's not. Yeah, it's some regular people. fights. Buffalo had had uh, a re- a regular sex toys thrown out on the field. So Buffalo I don't know if they was irregular. They look pretty regular to me, Pedro. But I, I feel where you're coming from, Pedro. It is. I think you know, coming off this pandemic, a lot of people, a lot of anxiety yeah. out there. There's a lot going on. People are worried. People taking guns on plane. People getting mad when shit happens and they can't get on a plane. Uh, you know, and I can see where frustration builds up. Especially, there's not as many flights because of like, so fewer people flying. I'm not sure what it is that's that's causing people to go crazy, um, but I, I do agree. I think it is probably has something to do with people's mental states and you know the shock of being. Uh, going into quarantine and having their whole routines uh, bro- broken up. And I think people are already mentally fragile. People are already mentally fragile, especially these new generations. They're more mentally fragile in general. Uh, self-esteem being so important. That doesn't that look like a new generation. That look like people around our age here. No, no. He was in his 30s. Oh, that dude, they said he was a former, he's former military and they were checking him out for having like a mental, you know, having some mental, you know, health yeah. issues. Um, the guy at the airport. But oh, people just okay. Oh yeah, but I'm talking about people. I'm talking about people in general, um, you know, acting out more. And and you know, I don't know if it's just it's not just the younger generation, but as we've been, you know, going growing, going and going and going, you know, I think parts of our resilience have been kind of weaned out of us, or we've made it, you know, with participation trophies, with everyone, you know, with everyone always having to be included somehow. Um, and the equal representation, which are you know some really positive things, I think we're also losing. Um, certain practices or opportunities for people to practice, you know, personal, mental, social resilience. Um, yes, and I so I think that right now we're at um, a really, you know, unique time where our our personal and social cultural resilience is being tested in a way that we're seeing a lot of these outbursts and examples of extreme behavior by a lot of people because we have a lot of people that live here, but a lot of people are you know, acting out because they haven't been able to reconcile or, you know, saying manifest that resilience they need to be able to just, you know, deal with things not being the, the right way, deal with your mental state being challenged and then, you know, not breaking, not having that breaking point come so quickly or easily. I hate going on flights because I'm stressed out about going through TSA ever since 20 year anniversary coming up of 9-11, like, like flying is an arduous task. That's a whole day process damn near every time, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, when I get on a plane, I'm just trying to get in, get out, you know, get done with it so I can get to where I want to go as quickly as possible without any hiccups. And some people, for some reason, are struggling with that. Now, I'm not I'm not certain um, it's their different ways of coping. But, yeah, I think we need to, as a society, um, build up our 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 cultural and, and social resilience, our individual resilience and just how to just man, just get along. bro. Like you on a flight, you about to go on a fl- flight somewhere. You must have somewhere to go. Don't fuck it up. You fuck it up for everybody else, too. Kari Richardson got a chance to prove her doubters wrong after testing positive for marijuana. Here's the race she had at the Prefontaine Classic where she got to race multiple other Olympians, in particular the three Jamaican women who, I believe, did they sweep the the first three spots in the 100 meters? No, you might be right. I think they might have swept the 100. You might be right. She got to race against three Jamaican women, and this is what happened. Women's 100. start for Shellyanne Frazier Price Thompson hurrah Richardson being left behind and out in front the Olympic champion does it again <laughs> 10.54 yeah what do you guys think about that yeah um you know, I thought you was gonna play an interview but oh, yeah, no, okay, uh, we'll get to that in a minute we'll get to that in a minute. okay yeah so looks like she was behind right 
Yep. She was was she the last person in that race? She was the last person. I think we focused too much on the three Jamaican women who swept the medals in Olympics. Let's focus on everybody else that was in that race. They smoked her too. (laughs) It's nine lanes on a track. It's nine lanes. Was that two white women that smoked her? (laughs) (laughs) It's nine lanes on the track. So we're talking about five other people smoked her outside of the top three. She got smoked. And the issue is like, it's like a car analogy. You know, like, you know, you got like a V8 or you got like a, what's, what's like a smaller engine that ain't got a lot of power, Pedro? Uh, 1.5 turbo or whatever a, Aaron drives. Yeah, you got 1.5 <laughs> turbo, whatever Aaron drives. <laughs> and like in any car, you could take off and feel that jump, right? And like you can get going. But then there's other cars that where they can keep going, right? And that's that's really what this race looks like to me. Like from the jump, like Shikari got out there and she got in her 1.5 gillinger and then boom, right here, yeah. she hits it. And it's like, oh. The other cars got that extra, got that extra cylinders, and they yeah. just kept going and going and just took there's off. No, there's no replacement for displacement, and she didn't have any displacement. She had no girth. She just <laughs> smoked all the speed out of herself. <laughs> you know who I felt bad for watching this? I felt bad for everybody who felt bad for her when that happened. Remember, mm-hmm. I was the person that said, I didn't care that that happened to her. She broke the rule. She know the rules. Everyone's all, oh, man, this rule is bad. She Aaron was 100%. Weed. How's this? And I say, man, that's an excuse. She knows the rules. Every runner out there knows what they can put in their body, what they can't. She knew she couldn't smoke weed. Talk shit, and everybody got behind her. She still had commercials, even after all this shit. And I'm like, dude, I can't believe this. I feel sorry for everybody who trusted her. Hey, wait, look, everybody wants a... Um once a hero story and I don't know when we started wanting losers to or people normal people just to be our true black leaders I, I don't get it we got to the point where our sympathy for people that are doing wrong has I guess um we just feel like Aaron said there was perfect on this it's like I don't know why people Feeling sorry for her. She she did. I'm pretty sure half the females probably, you know, the females from Jamaica probably doing steroids. They didn't, they made sure the test was made sure they didn't get caught. Exactly. I like the part of the interview with all the other girls that ran the race. Those weren't even the ones that finished top with just smiling at her. Smiling at her. Look, I'm sure there's other track athletes that smoke weed. I'm sure there are, right? But you know when you can't, just like football players, they know when they can smoke weed, they know when they can't. Ricky Williams always said, I got caught. I didn't get caught until I went to my second team because their testing day was different. Yeah, yeah. we just, I don't know. We, we, we okay with mediocre. And I think that's how black people got caught as slaves. Somebody was like, <laughs> damn, damn. Somebody, like, somebody was like, hey, hey, them white, that white dude was okay. You should bring him back to the tribe. He Let came back to what? the tribe with a whole lot of white folks with gunpowder. Tell me. He didn't just say that. Here's the interview she ran like the, the Native mm-hmm. Americans did, according to Herschel Walker. Come on, <laughs> I were, I do. You know, I I I feel as though she was a phenomenon for the summer. We're talking about the mental resilience of a society. A lot of that is is being given up for social media and clout chasing, and, and ways of just getting you know free attention unnecessarily. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying that Shakari Richardson, Richardson doesn't have merits and that she's not talented. What I am saying is that. Yeah, she won the 100 meters, and it proved that this year's U.S. track team was subpar and below expectation in general. <laughs> so did she really beat anybody? Like, yeah, we have a lot of good athletes. We have a lot of good runners here. But in this batch, this cohort of people, was she really beating, like, any generational talents? And if she wasn't, then is she really a generational talent? Now, this is what she had to say after her race. <laughs> this is one race. <laughs> I'm not done. <laughs> you know what I'm capable of? <laughs> I just want to tell you, I just want to race. Yeah. How the hell is she the sixth fastest? She lost all. Yeah. Look, I just want to tell you, I'm the 28,000. I'm the 28,000 best truck driver in this, on this, in America. (laughs) Can't nobody take that from you ever. Can nobody take that from me. I just want people to know I'm the sixth fastest runner in my family. I do want, (laughs) I do want to say another thing. One big thing that made her big and made her viral and people were like, oh my God, like, she had orange hair. She her hair was out orange hair. Here she got her hair blonde. Mm-hmm. 
not saying the color change is the issue. My real issue is physics. My beautiful black queen, if you are going to run with your hair not buttoned up and just flowing and you got a lot of that shit, this thing called drag, this thing called weight, this thing called you are not aerodynamic anymore. You are going to slow yourself down literally as your hair plumes behind you. So, Shikari, if anything, is maybe a miscalculation of you not thinking that physics wins out. And if you running with all that hair dragging behind you, you ain't gonna get that extra couple milliseconds you might need. Now, in this I, case, I would have said that case, there, she needed maybe more extra... than milliseconds behind. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. In this case, I you might need a couple seconds. <laughs> well, I would have said that, but them Jamaicans had just as much weave in their hair. Yeah, but, but yeah. Should... But, <laughs> but if you look at it, you look at it. They it's tied up. It's tied yeah, up. Yeah, it is tied up. Yeah. And uh, I don't you know. Uh, I, you I know, just she don't could know have been bald in this race, Jared. She still would have got smoked. You know what? Maybe her eyelashes created too much drag. Yeah. Either that or a nail. Like I, I don't know if it was eyelashes or a nail. Something. Man, Florence Griffin had mad long nails to smoke there, but the girl ain't good, man. Let's try. <laughs> let's stop making excuses for her. We made excuses for her because she smoked weed because her her breath mother died. Now, don't forget, don't forget. Before her, the the whole thing about the race was it was all about the person who raised her, not her birth mother. Like she barely knew her or something. Now all of a sudden she fails a test and she talking about, oh, I smoked weed because I found out my birth mother died. No, you smoke weed because you wanted to get high. You know, you hung around Box Kev. You was hanging around Box Kev. You got the anti-gravity. In your Shout out sponsorship. You didn't want to come down. That's why you smoke weed. All of a sudden, she get caught smoking weed. It's about her birth mother <laughs> dying, who she just talked about not having a relationship with. She just excuse out there, excuse out there, excuse. You know, it's just all about excuses with her, man. It's all about excuses with her. We sat here and we got behind her. People said, oh, is this rule racism? This rule got to be racist. Yeah, even though the rule was out, Years ago, it's got to be racist, right? It's affecting black people. No, affect everybody that smoked weed and wanted to do the Olympics. They're like, man, smoking doesn't help her. Well, I don't know why it's a big deal. Smoking doesn't help her race. It, it's, it unfortunate. Her it's unfortunate no, it that, it's still, that it's still a... It's nasty. still a banned rule. If, but if milk if was banned, guess what? Don't yeah. drink it. If milk was banned, none of the motherfuckers would To get to this yeah. level, to get to that level where you know the Olympics, like, it's not open that you can do certain... Like, they do stringent testing in the Olympics. So like TSA, it's like the TSA, they were like, you can't bring nothing over three ounces. You can't bring nothing that got a blade bigger than a quarter millimeter of an inch. You can't bring this, that, and the other. And so when I go on a plane, I'm like, let me just make sure I don't have no doubts. I had to throw I away a knife. I'm like, I'm like, man, you know what I'm saying? I got a pen. I'm putting that in my in my, in my check baggage. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, a pen? My, shit, that, I don't want them thinking that I got, a, I got a shank. They were like, man, this looks like a prison shank. Get that Negro over here. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want no questions when I go through. I clear everything out. I don't even want no residual weed in my bags. I don't want nothing. I get it all out. I make sure it's no questions. Same thing should be said when you are trying to go for the pinnacle of your sport in the Olympics. Don't leave no questions, no doubts, whether it's a supplement, whether it's a steroid and or HGH or something that is a, a an enhancer, or it's fucking one of the just recreational drugs or medications that they say you can't take, unfortunately. You know, it, it now, is bullshit, though, to, to and, many degrees. Let me ask you this, me ask you this Jared. Did, what, did she have handlers? Was there handlers during her I'm pretty sure. She, she goes to LSU, Louisiana, the South. You know weed is still not very acceptable out there. You're doing things mm -hmm. where you're going out into the world and you're doing, you know, things that are part of a structure and a system, the, the, the like, the recognized forms of competition or the recognized forms of business historically has not looked well on weed. So regardless of which you should already know, don't fuck up your chances. Now I'm not trying to, I'm not, I'm not really even want to go on that. I just want to go on the fact that she got the pub, she blew up, she was viral for winning and being like, you know saying unabashed and, and brash. And that's what people fell in love with. F fine and fair. My thing for her was after you just got smoked, this is where you come down a little bit. And you like you have self-reflection like, yes, be confident in yourself. But part of it is, I think having the confidence is not about you saying it to other people. Having the confidence is that you go out and you put in the work and you do it right. Like, I'm not going to go out there after I get whooped up and be like, nah, I'm still better than everyone. Or I'm still good. I ain't tripping. <laughs> ain't nobody going to stop me from doing this. I'm like, well, actually, the people that keep beating you will stop you from being relevant if you don't get your shit together. Like, if you don't win. You will have been a blip on the radar. I'm just gonna let you know that right now. Like I saw a lot of people like you calling her out now. Y'all the real haters. I'm not saying nothing negative about her. I'm like you don't gotta say nothing negative about her, but you can call it what it is. It's not about her as much as 
this is a situation where an individual with this, you know, saying potential or this background and this whatever, and they about to fuck it up. Yeah, gotta say nothing negative about it. She do it all herself. Well, I hope she don't fuck it up, but she's not making things easier. This past week, Allison Phoenix Felix was on. Was it Jimmy Kimmel show, Aaron? Or, yeah, yeah. And she, it was one and, of those late night. Like Jimmy Kimmel or Jimmy Allen. Night show. Allison, Allison Phoenix, one of my boo things. You know, what I'm saying I could eat her up. I'll take 30, 36 minutes off my life, huh? Would you, Pedro? <laughs> I actually like when she showed her a cesarean scar and made it more sexy, more appealing, because at least I know she fucking. Tell me he didn't just say that. Draymond Green and Kevin Durant <laughs> did a wonderful interview together. We, you know, we missed that. That happened uh, last week or whatnot but um yeah uh, draymond green sat down for an hour and interviewed uh kevin durant about his departure from the warriors amongst other things and they blamed that draymond green's suspension was handled by the team the internal suspension when they had an argument after a game bob myers and steve kerr tried to ma make draymond green take full responsibility and apologize to kevin durant they told him he literally had to apologize draymond green wasn't having that kevin durant also thought it was a poor way to manage the team and that him and Draymond had to have a man-to-man -man conversation that would have fixed it. The team should have stepped up and, and, and fixed it, not management trying to tell them how to behave and fix it, a situation between players. Uh, what do you guys think about that? I like how you just spun it, how your, your introduction, you spun your introduction to take it off both of those fools, dude. What? I did your introduction. No, no, I wasn't, it's not pro there, no, really. it's open for interpretation. But you, and, but and, you and, were spinning it. You spun sound it. Like, your, sound your tone like, spun it, Jared. You sound like M MSNBC, Jared. <laughs> you, you know what? You was leading that. You was leading that just as much as Draymond Green was leading that shit, dude. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. The niggas had not a come neutral with that. Lead. What do you guys think about that? <laughs> what do what you think about? It? You know what? It was, it was a well done interview. Draymond Green showed that he might have a job in. You know, I don't think he, everyone's like, oh man, he'll be great with Charles and him. I don't think he's great because he's not as quick with it like like Charles and Shaq. Shaq gets a little boring at times on it, but Shaq is like that, that he's like the Aston Kusher from that 70s show. He's that physical comedian on it, right? He's funny sometimes, but he's willing to cut his hair and do stupid stuff. And Charles is more like the quick-witted guy. Quick, He's real quick wit. He can say funny things on purpose and accidentally. And so, but Draymond Green does have a future maybe doing some kind of show. He's better than Kevin Garnett. I mean, his questions were on point, this and that. But my thing was, they did this to clear Draymond Green's name. He had this to clear his name. That was the whole point of this. He wanted Kevin to say it wasn't Draymond Green's fault. That's what this whole interview was about. This is why journalistic, mutual journalists are needed. Right? I was going to say, this is why we ain't got no black leaders. No, man, I don't believe we don't have black leaders. I believe we do have black leaders. But this is why neutral journalists are needed because of reasons like this. Dude, he had, he steered the whole thing to clear his name. Look, let's face it, let's be real. Kevin Garnett was already leaving. I know that's a word for Jared in your heart and everybody else. Well, remember, the minute he signed, I said he's only here for this contract. I told everybody that. And they were like, no, nah, man, he's going to stay. And more people going to come with him. Oh, they are? He was leaving, dude. He he came there to get a ring, so he could so he didn't have to get that monkey off his back. He thought it was gonna make him feel better. Mm -hmm. It didn't. And I mean, Steve Kerr said it best. He said, "Look, he was so unhappy after that second, after that after that first year. He's like, you could tell in the second year. This incident happened in the third year, the beginning of the third year. Steve Kerr said it right after you know when he interviewed with Bill Simmons right after that. He goes, I get why the fan. I told you, I, re, I got a lot of respect for Steve Kerr. Still don't think he's the greatest coaches that he gets a little hyped up to be. But I got a lot of respect for him because he came out with the truth on the Bill Simmons podcast. And he goes, I, he, I totally understand why the average NBA fan was mad when we got Kevin Garnett. And they should have been. He said they should have been. And I understand, right? On, wasn't nothing against the rule. Mm -hmm. This magic moment. His name is not Kevin Garnett. That's the second time in a row you've oh. been called him Kevin Garnett. No, well, I, I meant it when I said Draymond Green would be better than Kevin Garnett. I'm no, 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 Kevin no, no, Garnett's on TNT. You said Kevin Garnett three times now. Two of the times you was calling Kevin you Garnett. You just did this too on my flow because you know I'm you being a Warrior fan don't want to hear what I gotta say. You look like a player hit out with so many shit. Give me my damn money back right now, and I don't have no damn receipt. Exactly. That's exactly what you're looking like right now, Jerry, because you know you're ruining my flow on purpose. But, I mean, he Steve Kerr said it best, that KD wanted to leave. You could tell. He was like, he came here in search of happiness. 
He came to us because he liked how we played. He liked this. He knew it would be a, a good chance to win a ring, and, but he couldn't get the happiness he wanted. It was always Steve, it was, even though he's the best player, he was the best player on the court, it was always Seth Curry's team. They won without him. This magic moment. Step Curry team. You can't talk good basketball him. if you keep naming other niggas that exist. Right. It was always, it was always Steph's team, and, and he knew it. And and even though he was the baller, even though he was the reason they won, it still was never gonna be his team. The ring did not make him happy because everyone held everyone held it over his head that. Dude, this team won 73 games without you. Yes, you are the man. You're balling. You dominated. You won two finals MVP. But yeah. why did you have to leave to come here? And so it was It was Draymond's time to clean it, clear his name. He wanted everyone to say that that fight wasn't the reason he was leaving. Of course it wasn't the reason. He was leaving already. That's the reason he didn't re-up. He was leaving no matter what. Colin uh, Coward tried to say, no, Kevin Durant left because he got hurt. No, he didn't leave because he got hurt and they lost the title. He was leaving. Steve Curry just said he was leaving. Like he bought in that first year. It was like, man, it was, he was excellent to coach. He bought in. He was a fun to have around. Even Bill Simmons said, because they had a podcast together, him and Kevin Durant. And he said that second year, it was different. He's like, he was like, he was angrier. He was sour. He was not happy to be on. He was just not happy. Yeah. Even though, so here they are being successful for two more years, but he was unhappy. And I yeah. think that's part of it. And the, yeah, and the problem with that was that thing was so orchestrated to make them look, to make cats, you know, it's like, uh, I don't know if Draymond Green felt like, that's me catching my word. I don't know if Draymond Green felt like he was, um, he's been getting blamed for Kevin Durant leaving. I don't know, Jerry, you being a Warrior fan, you let me know about that. Because I try not to talk Kevin Durant with people out here because it's it's still a sour subject. You know, for some I think people. I think it, I think that was a big big thing that was kind of like you know people were like, man, we think it had to do with that and that the locker room environment was you know not not what it was before, and that argument was a was a culmination of a lot of that that had been building up, and a symbol for that. I think KD just is never like you said, Aaron. Before he's not going to fill that void of happiness. Part of that might be his, I think part of that might be him as a competitor. Like he's all like, he, he needs another challenge. He wants to prove, prove, prove. He likes playing basketball. You know what makes but him yeah. happy is playing basketball. Yeah, but the problem was he started listening to everybody else and especially mm -hmm. NBA fans who all sit here and say, you need a championship to define your career. You yeah. don't, you don't. Yes, you play for the wins. As fans, we want our teams to win, but it's so untrue. No, I it's think so that, was, that was probably his first misconception, but I think just as a competitor, I don't think he's, I think he plays basketball as like something he loves and enjoys he, doing. He loves, but yeah. with with the expectations of what he expects for himself or people expect of him, like he's never going to be able to like unless he's Jordan, unless he wins more titles than the other greats. Why like, Jordan? Why Jordan? Why do we always say Jordan? I just Bill said Russell Jordan. Way more well, no, because Jordan. well, I just say Jordan because Jordan was one of the people that influenced him is is regarded as the greatest, right? Bill Russell, people don't. It's, it's different. Like, I'm just speaking in the in the cultural sense of, like... I know, I just wanted to bring that up because everyone always goes... Everyone, no, no, for yeah. some reason, yeah. Jordan got the most titles. Well, yeah, but, but then our last last two greatest generational superstars have been chasing Jordan, and that's been the narrative. One of them was the next Jordan, wanted to be the next Jordan. The other one is, you know, it was like, I'm not Jordan, but I'm chasing Jordan, LeBron and Kobe. So I don't think he's ever going to find the happiness, like, like, like we said in the past, like, his happiness will be derived from just, like, him being a happy person outside of basketball, but basketball, like, just like work, like you can love your work, but also like, it, it's not always going to make you happy. And it's not going to be something that yeah. makes you happiest out of this world. There's other things in this world yeah, that, greater, that are going to bring you that joy you and happiness. Yeah. They're going to, something else in this world. Like David German chick. Happiness. So, but I, you know I, what? I, we skipping over the fact that they blank Bob Myers. No, no, I, yeah, that's what well, that's that's what I was saying. That's it's like BS. that's what like they were like, man, the team. That's where the team has to have a meeting. Everyone needs to like air their shit out. You and me needed to have that one on one, but they were trying to tell they they were trying to suspend you for that instead of letting us work it out ourselves. And then Draymond's were, like, yeah, they. I laughed in their face when they told me I had to apologize. That you know what the problem with that is, Jared. They were trying to keep that team together. They were in the middle of all that unhappiness. They were trying to keep that. It's Bob Myers' job. It's Steve Kerr's job to keep that team together. They're trying to and keep like Steve Kerr said, Steve Kerr said, it was fucked up going into that, right? And they, maybe they overreacted by suspending them and trying to get them to apologize. They suspended them because he wouldn't apologize, right? That was the reason he got suspended. It was one fucking game. And don't forget, what, what month was it? December or November? It was, it was early, early on. on. It was early on. They knew that the was, team was, they were trying to keep that was things okay. copacetic. 
that was okay. Um, you know, when they talked about it, well, I'm saying it's okay. It's not okay. They shouldn't have suspended. That was a mistake they, that they made when they was talking about it. I, I agree with Draymond and Kevin Durant on that or whoever. Personally, sometimes I just don't think they like Draymond's mouth. And that's where, that's where it got kind of like personal. Like Aaron said, they was trying to keep getting the team together. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other team, they just well, he's didn't. He's a smart basketball so player, but he lets his emotions get ahead of him. And, it may, and especially when it comes to blurring out what's on his mind. You know, it was an interesting conversation in that moment where they were, that's where Katie essentially said that's when he knew he was leaving. Is because like that team wasn't gonna make him happy. That team wasn't the team that he needed it to be. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that he's not lying. I'm just saying this is what he like. That's that's what I took from it. Is that when he said that in the interview, it's like, oh, so there was a chance you would have stayed if the team had come together and you know, saying bonded and learned how to like you know, saying it didn't come together because he was leaving. That's the reason. That's the reason Draymond said what he said because he was leaving. Let's stop bullshitting ourselves. That's the reason Draymond said it, because Draymond well, knew why he was Draymond... Everybody knew he was leaving. Okay. So then Draymond should just be like, hey, man, we all knew you was leaving, bro. We knew you was Because happy. Draymond is not being impartial right now. This is what I said. This is the reason why you have... Everyone wants to shit on journalists now. And they're like, oh, let's create our the players form. Let's create this thing. And Derek Jeter coming out, whatever that shit is. And everybody's saying, let's do this where we can have our own sounding board. There's a reason why those guys are there, right? Because they're impartial. Sometimes they're not like Skip Bayless. But there are a lot of people who are impartial that ask the question and really wants to get to the real. The only thing they really want to get to is the truth of why they asked that. Draymond was not trying to get the truth. He was trying to clear his name. They're trying to make it sound a certain way. He knows. He said what he said because his exact words were, well, go ahead and fucking leave them, bitch. Right? He told him to leave. We know he was leaving. He was not going to stay. There was nothing that was going to make him stay. I know every Warrior fan loves hearing that. They all talk themselves into believing when he signed that this was the start of everybody signing here because of Silicon Valley. I'm like, dude, you could do that Silicon Valley shit somewhere else. It's funny because Silicon Valley seems to be moving to Silicon, Texas. Dude, that's not the reason. And look, and I'm not, I'm not saying this as a hater or as a Laker fan. I'm saying as honest to God truth, right? More people, some people, you're going to get some free agents that want to be here or like the situation, or like the culture, or I want to play with Steph, want to play with Clay, you're going to get some good free agents. That doesn't mean they weren't going to fall in love here and live here. And that's no offense to the Bay Area. I live here. I've been here for 20 plus years. I like it. I'm just saying that in every Warrior fan, it was the dream when you signed Kevin Garnett, and they saw this shit playing out for 10 years and thought, we have a new Lakers Magic Johnson dynasty for 10 years, right? Where we got this core team that's going to stay here and not leave for 10 years. And it wasn't true. He was renting space to get rings so he didn't have to be put in the same category as these guys who didn't get rings. No, you're talking about they didn't tell the truth. They did tell the truth. Uh, Kevin Durant is a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) So Draymond Green wasn't lying. I said he didn't tell the truth in that interview. The best talent, he's the, um, oh, yeah, he did. He said, I called you a bitch, but you was leaving anyways, right? No, that wasn't an interview. That was on the court. The problem is, is in every, it's in a lot of words, fans that if that didn't happen, he would stay. No, that happened because he wasn't staying and everybody knew it. Everybody close there knew it. All the coaches knew it. They all knew it. That was part of Bob Myers and Steve Kerr did what they did because they were still trying to please Garnett in hopes that he would stay, but they knew he was gone. This magic I gave you, I gave you a freebie, Aaron. You said, said Kevin, Kevin Garnett one other time, and then you just called him by his last name right there. We can't, we can't, we can't let that one slide. All right, Kevin Durant. Dude. This is my question for you, Jared. Do you think Draymond did that to get traded or not? Or he just saying he just got diarrhea of the mouth? Draymond's trying to get traded in this interview. I'm just asking. I'm just what the latest phenomenon in the NBA is. Whenever we have an Olympic team, it seems to be somebody comes together. I mean, that's what brought Kevin Garnett to Draymond and them. He played on the Olympic team with Clay and Kevin Durant. Sorry. That's what brought KD. Let me just keep saying KD then. That's what brought KD to the Warriors. God damn it. <laughs> There's another person you always do that with. Uh, I can't remember the name right Russell now. Russell Wilson and Russell Westbrook. Yeah, you always call. <laughs> and let me tell you, you think I do a lot on a show? Duck hates it when we talk football and Russell and fantasy and Russell Wilson comes up. He's like, man. And oh, there's two people. There's also 
Justin Turner and Jeff Turner. Okay, yes. Yeah, he hates that too. KD, one of the reasons he came to Warriors, don't forget, wasn't it just that summer before where he played on the Olympic team with Draymond and Clay, right? Uh, so maybe, every, yeah. Think about all these teams. What made uh, LeBron go to Miami? He just played Olympics with who? With Wade and Bosch. Oh, Wade and, Wade and Bosch, yeah, I'm sorry. He, and that was, that was the same year of the free agency. He played the Olympics and then it's free agency time and he signs. And they all get together and say, let's go do this in Miami. This has been the phenomenon lately. I mean, well, Kyrie and Durant. Didn't Kyrie Garnett, and Durant was because didn't of the Garnett, Pearson, uh, and Allen all play on the 08 team? Uh, it could have been. It could have been. I'm telling you, there's a phenomenon now that the Olympic team, when these guys are together, especially because don't forget, these guys, a lot of these guys didn't go to college. Think about everybody we're naming. Or they were there for like one year or none at all. Durant was, none, uh, Durant was one year. LeBron was, was none at all. Uh, Bosch was one year. Kyrie was one year and didn't even travel because he was hurt. To, he was hurt 80% of the season. Mm -hmm. So a lot of these guys, when they get to the Olympics, Garnett never went to college. This is like their college moment. You know that bonding that happens when you're in college here, right? Jonah Hill just came out and said that he wished, he, he, he said he feels like he's behind as an adult compared to his friends that went to college. And this doesn't mean you need college to become an adult. No way at all. He said he was because he was up in Hollywood while his friends went to college and they had this growing experience that he didn't get in Hollywood. All he was doing was just partying and then going to sets. And, you know, and so for these guys, I think they go off to the Olympics and this is their first experience with that. So they're having a good time. They're away from their families. They're in these, they're in these hotels together. They're traveling to play different teams. They go off to the Olympics. They're in the Olympic village or on that boat. Like they were at one time in Brazil, they're on that boat and they talk and they're hanging out and they're spending most of their time with each other and they're developing these friendships. And they're like, Hey, let's get together and play. So I don't know. Do you think that happened with Draymond Green and Damian Lillard this year? Is he is Draymond Green throw through through the uh, the coach and the general manager on the bus to try to work something out in case he comes back to season and, and he ain't liking it? He can try to go to the portal. I don't know. You tell Maybe. me. Maybe I I don't know. I think I think he likes playing with Stephen Clay too much. Where he could be like, I can go prove that I can elevate another you know player's game by being on the team and you know looking he would fit know perfect how, there. How valuable he would fit I am. perfect there. That's but, like the only place he could go. And fit perfect. I can't see him going to any other nah, team other than work. like maybe like he would fit Nets. well there. He would fit well there, but the issue is he's going to be taking on even more of the defensive responsibility with two yeah. undersized guards trying to play bad defense on the perimeter. You know, and yes, because he doesn't have like great defense. He's already undersized. Yeah, he's already undersized. Like that. That like offensively, he would be able to help them facilitate. But the team is built kind of like that first the week the uh, the strength and numbers team. They got some big bodies Except up front. Well, no, 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 no. They had a couple big bodies up front, but they also had good perimeter length. Like, yeah, Steph they, Curry was the smallest player. They had good perimeter but you had off the Clay Thompson was 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, and is a good defensive player. When Clay Thompson was Clay Thompson 6'6". Six, six. And then you had Harrison Barnes, size. who was 6'6". The difference was Harrison Barnes, Andre Godal, and Sean Livingston. That yeah, was the all way. those guys were long those on the were perimeter. The they don't have so they had bodies in them. They don't have uh, They got so Rodney Hood, and they just signed Gary Trent. And they had and also, they they also had high basketball IQ guys who knew how to space the floor properly and knew when they cut to create openings for the guys that were the shooters to get openings on the floor. It's, 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 it's not the I same. Agree. I agree. That's why the Warriors but... teams were so unique and so cool to watch that evolution because they did something I mean, the like the first two teams. We only had that for two teams. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, but watching them evolve into the championship caliber team they became was super yes. neat because it was, a, it was, it was these players that are only here at this time. And they're here together and they're making something special happen. And that's what a lot of teams are. Some teams are manufactured more so, but that's what a lot of teams are. And that's what's the cool part about the sport is that like well, they manufactured manufacture themselves to a dynasty. We, we didn't get the chance to see yeah, the true dynasty. They manufactured that's a up. dynasty, but they, you know, organically created one title. I'm going to say this the KD thing, I felt cheated there. I, that's the reason why I'm so passionate. Yeah, we know that. We know, we know. We I know. felt cheated. Let me tell you this I'm a Laker fan, but I'm an NBA fan even more. I'm a fan of basketball. I like college basketball. I can sit there. I'm not one of those people that can sit there and watch basketball play it at the park and see some weak foods, but unless it's in New York and I'm seeing foods and sweaters, you know, back in, back, back in New York, right? The KD thing going to the Warriors just cheated me out of some really, I thought some great finals. I could have went either way. It cheated me out of the Warriors, seeing the Warriors as a dynasty that was pure, a pure dynasty that we don't get anymore. You know, there's people around us like, man, I still hate what LeBron did with the decision. But they, like Skip Bayless is one of those people. He still talks to this day about how much he hates the decision with LeBron, 
but how he doesn't hate the, the Kevin Garnett going. And they were both free agents. They both did nothing wrong, right? But I was like, the KD thing, I was like, this is a team already in the finals, man. Now it just made it, it, it made it hard to watch basketball. This magic moment. Yeah, nigga. Man, I don't remember, I don't recall saying Garnett that last sentence. I think you lying on that one. I'm going uh, to listen to the show because I think you lying. Everybody, yeah, everybody nah. out there, join Patreon and put in the comments that Jared lying about how many times I said Garnett. Cutty Corner shout-outs. Cutty Corner shout-outs. Cutty Corner shout-outs is the same we end the show on where everyone gets the floor to rank and complain or highlight something that is pissing them off or that is a positive. Cutty Corner shout-outs. Cutty Corner shout-outs. It's 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 Aaron, do you have a Cutty Corner shout out? Yeah, my Cutty Corner shout out this week goes out to the NFL preseason, but mostly Yahoo, Yahoo Sports. NFL did something different this year. They have broadcast every preseason game. A lot of people don't know there's less preseason games than there were before. So I figured for them to try to make some more money off of it, they were like, instead of just having it where it was on local TV and this, they have broadcast every season preseason game. It's the first year they ever did that. Now, the reason why I'm giving the Cutty Corner shout out to it is because I got five push notifications this morning for the Dolphins versus the Bengals. Five push notifications. Watch it on Yahoo. Watch it on Yahoo Sports app. And every one of them kept saying, Tua versus Burrow. Tua versus Burrow. Watch now. Watch as the two young quarterbacks come back. And I'm figuring, you know what? Now we only got three preseason games. You know, I don't know how the preseason looked like when it was four. We always knew the third preseason game was when all the starters played, right? They played three quarters. They always played three quarters, two and a half quarters. That was it. But you got to see what the team would really look like. You could really kind of tell depth charts and things like that, or who was fighting for depth charts by the third preseason game. So I, who haven't watched preseason game all, all year, decided, okay, I'm going to watch this one. Game starts off. All of a sudden, I look on the sideline. Your boy Tua got a headset on and a T-shirt and sweats <laughs> to start the game. They had their third-string quarterback plan. They didn't even play the second string. They said the third string was going to play the whole game so they could get a good look at it. Well, at least I get to see Joe Burrow, right? I mean, they had no other starters on the field Miami. So they punt. Cincinnati get the ball. Joe Burrow steps up. As he's walking to the huddle, the announcer tells, says, oh, yeah, we talked to the coach, Zach, whatever his name is, and he said that Joe Burrow is going to play three snaps. Not four, not three, not three drives, <laughs> not three minutes. Three steps. Mm-hmm. First play was a handoff to a, a wide receiver in motion. Didn't gain a yard. So I'm like, okay, obviously they got to pass second down because on a third down, the defense is going to blitz, right? So they got to mm-hmm. pass on second down because they don't know what's going to happen. So I'm like, mm-hmm. it's going to be some kind of jailbreak screen. And that's exactly what they ran. Slayer mm-hmm. caught it, got the ball knocked out of his hand. The Dolphins picked it up way down the field. They called incomplete pass. It was a fumble. It was a fumble. No, right? no, it wasn't. It, it, it wasn't. You saw that he play? never caught it. Yeah. Oh, he never fact, caught it. Your boy, your boy actually um, has been having a rough preseason. You know, yeah, that, was, that was his number. Fumbling, right? No, he's been dropping Jamar the Chase. ball. Yeah. Jamar yeah, Chase. Chase was dropping the ball all preseason. Well, he dropped that one then. That was yeah. a gimme, too. So that meant Joe Burrow had one more play after they, you know, replayed and saw that it wasn't a fumble. They had one more. Joe Burrow had one more play. And what was it, Pedro? <sighs> I, I missed that part. I missed. I did. Oh, it was a shitty ass handoff straight off a tackle. Oh, okay. Yeah, third, I missed that. Part. So I didn't see crazy it. Thing. Here's a crazy thing. So one of them was a penalty, right? So that was only second down. It should have been third, but that was only second down. And so there was a third down. So Joe Barrow, he already did his three steps, and it was third down. They pulled him. They pulled him on third down. He had yes. three steps. An yeah. end around handoff, a regular handoff, and a jailbreak screen. <laughs> they got nurses in me five push notifications for that crap. I just got a push notification now that said, watch 
uh, Baker Mayfield versus Michael Pitts. I don't know how. Now, it's already hard for a quarterback to go against another quarterback, but I have never heard a quarterback go against a tight end. And I, I'll be honest, at least they both play. And I got to see Michael yeah, Pitts. And they, and they both balling, by the way. Smooth. That's all I was saying. They both actually balling. Pitts looked good. Now Atlanta got to go out and get him a quarterback. So my cutty quarter shout out goes out to Jared. <laughs> We're just picking subjects that he wants to talk about on the show without running the bias first. Uh, I'm, I'm losing my mind. My diabetes is starting to catch up again because I'm not getting regular exercise or my medicine's messing with me because of the uh, COVID-19 vaccine. Ever since I took that COVID-19 vaccine, my medicine has had a reaction to where I forget things. Uh, a misspeak like Magic Johnson. This magic moment. Uh, with some other things that I, I his arm nice. transforms now. My my hey, my arm lit up. Um, there's keys sticking to me. I can't take my keys out of my pocket because they're sticking to my body because of all the metal that's in my system now. I keep wanting to do heroin besides my insulin. Uh, I look, um, it makes me loosely look at women in grocery stores. Uh, I went to Walmart looking at uh, women and I was running away from my wife so I can look at more women. Uh, that's all from the vaccine. I DMing a lot of girls because of this vaccine. <sighs> Shoot, I'm drinking more. Definitely it's affecting my memory. So before you take the COVID-19 vaccine, make sure you check with your doctor, see what your doctor says. I had a doctor online tell me that they have uh, antibodies in that shot that cause you to cheat on your wife. So I don't know who's the next victim, um, but somebody's in my future. And I can't control it. It's, it's, it's the vaccine. It's not me. I'm just trying to be healthy for everybody else. I took the vaccine and it's got me not being honest with my family and it's also got me cheating on my wife. My Cutty Corner shout out goes out to uh, fire season. We're back at that time of, the, time of the year again. It is fire season. And uh, I had a similar Cutty Corner shout out a couple of years ago. But uh, yeah, like fire season. The uh, fires up near Tahoe are happening, threatening the cabin, Todd, Todd's family's cabin, you know, so keeping, keeping hope that that doesn't burn down. But there's a lot of other, you know, places. Once, once again, once again, vaccine related. The vaccine is causing the fires <laughs> to go crazy. So yeah, it's just terrible. And it's and it's taking all the luster away from the beautiful, crisp, fall-like mornings that I should be able to think about a beautiful wide woman sipping some pumpkin spice. Because it is pumpkin spice season, my friends. And it's starting early, just like the fire season. But the fire season is not even allowing me to recognize it. And I'm really disappointed because I should see you know what I'm saying? Beautiful white women dressed in, you know what I'm saying, modest attire with knitted beanies and fingerless gloves. But instead, I see them wearing short shorts and skirts, which I'm not mad at. But <laughs> they wearing less clothing. They dressed in that. They dressed in that because it's so goddamn hot and humid. Anyways, prayers out to, to, to all the people affected by the fires. And hopefully, you know, the new norm is fires start in the middle end of summer and they go until November. Um, sometime in November. So hopefully this this is the circumstance because of the change. Because California, I don't think, can manage another couple of years of this kind of fire season. And I know our asthmatics and, and other people with respiratory problems definitely can't. And especially with the Rona, mm -mm, mm -mm, we got to we got to fix this problem. Well, that is our show, my friends. That is our show. Any final words y'all have? Uh, just to let people know, I'm not against NBA preseason. Unlike the basketball summer league. A lot of these fools do make teams. They're actually practicing to make the team. They might not see the positions they're going out for. They might only be special teams. They might only see five plays a game in the beginning unless someone get hurt. At least they play. Unlike the NBA Summer League, which is just crap that no matter how well they perform, uh, certain teams they're not making. All right, all right. Pedro, you got anything? Yeah, um, I just want to make sure everybody is vaccinated, You're vaccinated, um, the numbers, everything I say on the show is a joke. Do not take me seriously. Numbers are going up in Arizona. Everybody's out here just acting like there's nothing, it's, you know, 
like everything is still normal. Um, personally, I know of people getting put in body bags because of this COVID situation. Um, make sure that you get do everything to be safe. Stop following your friends on Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, talking about they know a, a holistic medicine guy and he's a, he was he used to be a doctor and all that stuff. No, no, get vaccinated because you don't want uh, to be in that body bag and leave your family out here just without you, without some support. So make sure you guys uh, get vaccinated, get, get healthy. I prefer the Pfizer, FDA approved it. So go get the Pfizer shot. Do not go out like Aaron and get the Johnson and Jenkins shot. <laughs> I don't even Johnson, I have Johnson and Jenkins. Come on. Oh, yeah, get that J&J. Well, uh, that is our show. Stay healthy, stay positive, stay blessed, and uh, let's get through this. Stop bullshitting. And uh, we will leave you with this. Please wear your mask. Wear your mask. It is very important for you to put on that mask. This not no joke, and this is not no rundown. Wear your mask. If you vaccinated or not, throw on that mask and stop lying, telling people you vaccinated and you know dang on well you ain't vaccinated. You up here trying to get people sick. Stop lying, saints. It is I was very- wondering what my hair looks like right now. And now I see. <laughs> you know how you always got this, you know, you look at your hair and you still kind of see it like, Everybody, every man does this that got hair. You look at your hair and you see it as if it was five years ago, right? <laughs> even though even though five years has passed and the line has gone back and the cowlicks has gotten bigger, I still, for some reason, every time I look in the mirror, like, you know, oh, this ain't that bad, right? <laughs> this guy just showed me it's bad. I'm just telling you this, I got one more year before I cut my hair bald again. <laughs> I, I'm gonna lose weight. I just wanna lose weight with my hair big and then I'll cut it off. You know what? I ain't got nothing wrong with what he's saying. He's just country. He's country. No, no. I, country. no I, I just agree. I said I agree with everything he said. <laughs> he reminded me of Aaron when he said this part. It is very important. This magic moment. That's what I was about to say. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. <laughs> that is on album. I actually like Outkast, saw him perform twice in person. But you know what? I really like Outkast, but they weren't one of my favorites. I don't find myself going back to listen to it as much. I don't know why. For some it, reason, it, I just don't go back. It, yeah, you know, like a lot of these musics play to eras and the era and the energy and kind of like, like we are living part of the evolution of, of mankind or the, the Negro Black experience, you know what I'm saying? Um, and so everything grows and evolves. And so some things are part of the story and the part of the foundation, but like, yeah, they're not something that you bring back around often. Now, Sam Cooke, on the other hand, you know what I'm saying? You listen well, to there is time. some music that go, yeah, there's some music that don't, it's era defined, right? It, yeah, it don't transcend. And I think that there, there, there is a uniqueness in, in expression and art um, and culture within the human capacity that yeah I, transcends generations. I give you an example of that, of that that was good that didn't transcend. Like you can still listen to it and be like, oh, that was a cool song. It you kind of take you back nostalgic say, mm-hmm. but it's not like one that you put on a playlist for like Camp Camp Low. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like that, they were like that. that. They were yep. like that. In that time, it was great, but I like I can't go back and they didn't have too many hits. They were more on the underground scene and they just rocked. They just brought out those two songs, everybody, Luchini. Luchini, really baby. Yeah. Yep. Luchini yeah. gave a lot of people diabetes. <laughs> that song they, was, they were sipping so much Amaretto. <laughs> they, they can't blow, gotta be dead. Like uh, they gotta be dead, or both of them gotta be missing a foot or something, because they were sipping too much Amaretto. You know, another, another you know, time period one is like, you know what I'm saying, 
you know, the boy bands, like the people, all those beautiful white women will pop back on, you know what I'm saying? And that was, you know, that, that serves, I ain't going to listen to that stuff uh, now, but I used to, because that was where I was introduced to the luscious nectar of beautiful, milky, white women in high school. And they loved it. So I loved it. I had no idea what the hell you talking about. Man, you go, man, I was too old. Man, man, you go over to a beautiful white woman in high school and you start singing and, re, and you know saying repeating some of them lyrics, Justin Timberlake and 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 Howie and all the Brian Howie, Ryan, Brian, that nigga Joe. I know, I know, but that camel toe. Come on, come on. <laughs> come on. I'm telling you. Anyways, well, uh, shout out to shout out to Outcast sponsorship. Come on our show. 